0: Okay, here we go. We got Shane Charlebois today. Now I've spent countless hours with Shane and I can assure you he is a banter specialist. He is also one of the most insightful humans I've ever met. He spent more time behind the lens filming snowboarding than just about anyone. He has thought provoking knowledge on just about every aspect of life from cancer to gratefulness. And most importantly, his positivity is infectious. Now before we jump into this episode, I want to remind you to check out bombhole.com. Now at bombhole.com, you can find a link to our Patreon if you want to support us. Also at bombhole.com is our store where we have t-shirts, hoodies, all that type of stuff available at bombhole.com. Lastly, I just want to say we are loving all the positive DMs we've been getting and shares on Instagram. We really appreciate you guys. We see you out there having our backs and I just want to say thank you. So let's get into the Shane Charlebois episode. Here we go.
1: You are listening to the Bomb
2: Hole.
3: Podcast.
2: It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody.
3: <laughs> the Bomb We're
0: going to slide down them
2: big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice,
0: burgundy snowboard. All right, here we go again. We are back in the booth, back in the garage. It's an icebox today, and I'm sitting here with Stony Buds. What's happening, bud? Loving the icebox. He likes the cold temps. And to my left, we have our guest today, Mr. Shane Charlie Bois. Charlie boy. How you doing, Shane?
2: Doing pretty good. I feel pretty honored to be here, guys. So stoked to have you. Yeah, it's great to see you. A lot of requests. Good to have a good friend in the booth. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, let's let's go back to the beginning, as you said earlier. Yeah, um, you guys want to start at the beginning, right? So it turns out I was born at a young age. And uh, everything else just started from there. (laughs) Okay, so
0: for the listeners, Shane was born at a young age. Very important uh, bit of information. But if you guys are unfamiliar with Shane, he was a former pro snowboarder. He's a cancer survivor. He's been filming snowboarding now for over 21 years with uh, Whitey and with Absinthe. He's watched many careers rise and fall. And the thing that trips me out, Shane, is that you've been doing it for over 21 years. And you've been to these same jumps fucking hundred times and you're still as excited as ever. Like how the hell do you keep your eternal optimism going? That's what I want to
2: just dive right into. Man. I never think about it like that. You know, it's um, I think uh, at some point you just realize this is not a career. This is your life. And I think, um, I don't know when that happened, but um, for me, um, I look at it like when we're filming we 're out riding, and um when we 're not filming we 're out riding, and it 's almost to the point where when we 're not riding we we 're going riding <laughs> you know what I mean? so it's um you know, I think the stoke is is related to that it's um it's like skating, surfing, snowboarding. I think for all of us it's not did you go that one time it's are you are you still doing it you know and i don't even think about it it's just like it's like brushing your teeth you just do it you know you you wake up and that's what you wake up for so
0: the thing the thing that i always loved about going out and filming with you guys because i've been kind of like you know you've you've kind of been the foundation for bodie merrill's career good friend of mine and i'd always tag along with you since then every year we go build a couple of jumps and um the thing that i always loved was it's like i don't care if we get A grade shots or we don't. I'm actually more excited for the banter while we build the cheese wedge. And it's it's kind of seems like, I don't know, like the process is very enjoyable with you guys, which I I love. And that's kind of what you're saying, it sounds like too. It's enjoy the process.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, that's um I've been telling someone about um, you know, it's it's like we're we've been blessed, all of us, to grow up, you know, like with that Peter Pan lifestyle where you know what's the the core fundamental um, ingredient? It's happy thoughts, and happy thoughts, you you're flying all of a sudden, you know. And I think for all of us, it's just continued as we've gotten older to um, this stage where, you know, we're we're part of the that, that tribe, those lost boys and girls. And so I mean, obviously, it's going to reflect in our conversations and even in probably silence. You know, it's it just comes through but i think it's i mean over the years if we could have recorded all the banter we we probably could have solved all of the world's problems at, at least 75 percent. yeah for sure. oh man for sure
0: that's an amazing one going back to before we were recording talking about um the creative process and how they throw a bunch of people in a in a room filled with drywall and fluorescent lights and tell them to come up with creative ideas it's like take those same people have them come build an eight foot tall cheese wedge in the back country, for sure, and then kind of see what see what that creative process brings. That might be the new the new way for those tech companies. And
2: well, honestly, if you want to get in shape too, I mean, come out with us. You know, I'm always like, man, people are signing up to these gyms. You know, you could just come build some cheese wedges with with us, and then you're outside too. And I'm always thinking, you know, if you um if you expect to get certain results inside a building can you imagine the results you'll get outside that building and i think that's why a lot of us are living the lives we're doing because we get outside you know our our main focus is outside and i think that's the the common denominator that's really that's what i say about adventures you know like the first thing it it all comes down to is show up once you show up literally everything else will happen and that's even that's funny but it's it's totally true and i think that uh for everyone that's living the, these kind of lifestyles, they know it, you know, there's, you can miss out. You can a hundred percent of the time. You can talk yourself out of anything, but it's the people that keep showing up, Dude, keep doing it.
0: That banged me over the head. So, so crazy the other day. Cause the other day I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go snowboarding. Maybe not. I got a busy day. Went up to Brighton by myself. Didn't have any, didn't talk to anybody. Get in the lift line. Boom. I see yourself and Nils mud dick. And, uh, Basically, we ended up having the funnest day ever. And I could have sat there and talked myself out of it. And I ended up going like, and, and then you just said your what you just said there. Like, you just got to show up. And it's just yeah. kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, I kind of feel like
1: Shane always has the funnest day ever. Yeah, it's true.
0: <laughs> if you're with him on a powder day at Brighton, you uh, are definitely... He just knows where to go all the time.
2: Well, you know, um, part of what we were talking about with the inspiration and in doing that... Um, I'll never forget when I lived in Malibu, um, you know, when I lived in Malibu with my neighbor, DJ, he'd, he'd every day, didn't matter how big the waves were, or how fun it was. It'd be like, Hey, how was it? Oh man, it was triple overhead. It was the sickest day ever. And he'd be like, well, you know, it's, it's not like the summer of 69. That was the best summer ever. You'll never know. And I'd always be like, damn dude, there was a lot of fun summers like that I know about. But, um, that that kind of mentality, I, I started calling people that live in that kind of past, ref, like reflective, always comparing it to the past kind of person, the summer of 69 people. And it's really funny because, I mean, I, we have endless stories to talk about the past. I mean, that's the foundation of all of this stuff. But just living there, it's to me, it's just so funny because every day you go out that you have fun – and you have the most fun that you could possibly have, I mean, there, that's you're not comparing that to anything. It's, right now, the best time ever. And so, you know, when people say, what's your favorite thing, or where's your favorite place? I'm always like, man, that's just impossible to ask because the answer is taking away from each one of the places that was the best day ever. You know what I mean? So if you if each one was the best day ever, there is no comparison because each one of them ruled. And if you get to do them a lot and have a lot of best day evers, I mean, last year, I remember how many times people were saying at Brighton, this is the best day ever, you know? And then you're like the next day, oh, dude, this is the best day ever for sure. <laughs> and then, you know, it just keeps going. And I think that's the, uh, you know, when it comes, like, what is, how do you stay inspired? You just keep, Having the best day ever. Well that, that <laughs> endless day ever. That
0: ties into what we were talking about yesterday. Uh the the rear view mirror analogy you brought up. I like that.
2: Oh yeah. Someone told me years ago that if you imagine that you're driving, you know, you're here presently driving, and in the front, that's the future, and in the rear view mirror, that's the past. So when people, if you're driving, are staring in that rear view mirror at the past the whole time, that's a sketchy drive, you know who drives just staring in the rear view mirror. So at one point that balance, that connection to all of it is what makes a good journey, you know? And I think that's the, where we're at, you know, with these stories too, because like I was saying to you, I mean, it's fun to reminisce and talk about oh, this and that, that happened then. And it's, uh, it's endless, but um, it's cool to focus on what is now, you know? And for me, I mean, it's a funny thing, but it's it's like we're all, like I said, those lost boys and girls, those Peter Pans that have collectively been attracted to riding boards. You know, it's it's really funny because I sometimes I think in the history of the world, in the history of the world, if you went back a hundred years even and explained what we do, people would look at you like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? You do what?" You, you, no you do what? Nothing <laughs> of it makes sense. So in that genuine stupidity is what makes it so cool. This is like a marker in the history of the world to show where we're at. That there is a society of people that go travel around to look at architecture and maybe slide it, you know, <laughs> jump off of it, or go to a little bump that happens every winter by some ice formation and send it off that thing. I mean, it's so awesome when you think about it that that to me is what, like I said, I don't even think about it. It's just, this is life. This is, you know, like I was saying, like I got hurt recently, my hips been bothering me that you go in, the doctor says, well, you know, you could consider not skateboarding, snowboarding or surfing anymore. And I'm like, yeah, I could also consider not breathing anymore. I mean, (laughs) what the hell are you talking about? And that's where I was telling you guys, like, what's essential. It's really funny because what is essential? Because I don't drink coffee. I've just never drank coffee. But somebody, if they said what's essential, I would say eh, not coffee. But to someone who drinks coffee, that's essential shit. That shit's yeah. essential. <laughs> yeah, so no judgment here. And that's what I'm saying. I, it's just something in my life I just, I just haven't needed. And uh, so it's really funny. What is essential? Because to me, waking up and going surfing or going snowboarding – that to me is life. So that's essential. That's health. That's happiness. And who's to say, what is your health and happiness? You know, I don't know. And that's another cool thing about, you know, even what we're doing in our lives. I mean, you know, without me, there's none of this. Without you, there's none of this. Same. Our overlapping stories are just so cool. And, uh, and I think snowboarding has represented that. I mean, for me, it was always um, skateboarding was the beginning growing up in Buffalo, but that connection that, you know, it didn't matter what you look like. It didn't matter where you came from. It was, you were skating, you know, and then snowboarding was that in the winter, but it was that connection of we're just going to judge you on either you're a douche or you're a cool person, you know? (laughs) And I think that's what's so cool about still being involved with that because everyone I meet, every young kid, the older crews, whatever. I love everyone involved with snowboarding. You know, it's such an unreal thing. Like I said, it's so genuinely stupid that it's also the most beautiful thing in the world. And I think we're really blessed. And I don't know, for me, it's just 100% gratitude every day, you know. And, and, you know, the bringing up the cancer stuff. I mean, six years ago, I thought I had hurt myself skating And uh, when I went in and got checked, you know, you you walk in that door and I swear the, you can hear about people um, having cancer or people you may know, um, you know, family members, but when you, you know, have someone look at you and tell you to your face, you have cancer. That's a, that was to date, I think that was such a, an important reality check because we have you know all been blessed with such an amazing life in snowboarding that it's easy to um just have it not expected but almost like it's part of the yearly schedule you know you know what i mean it's like this time of the year hits you're doing this you're doing that you're doing that and then all of a sudden decades go by and i think for me when um when i heard those words you have cancer I remember at the time I actually was like, you know what? I got to take a break. And I walked out of the building, went in the foothills, and I think I cried more than I'd ever cried, I I think, in my life. And at the same moment I'm doing that, I have this voice that, you know, that voice that can save you whenever you're in a deadly moment. You guys ever have that, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, that voice kicks in. Hey, just stop crying for a sec. Just think about how thankful are you for all the things that have happened, and instead of asking for health or anything or why is this happening, I just stopped and I just looked around the foothills you know above Salt Lake, and I just it's like, man, this fucking rules it really does, and it and instantly hit me, hell yeah, I'm so thankful like this whole thing is is the best, and thank you so much for allowing. You know this much time To enjoy it And I feel like that's where we're at Even in the world right now Where you know some people are freaking out And overthinking things But it, you know it's remembering What brings us together Our connections you know in this story And and what we focus on is what we see So if we can manifest The good things You know um, Like they say about the law of vibration I mean Living in the, the vibration of what it is you're trying to create, you know? And I think what snowboarding taught us all was every time we strap in, we're in that moment, you know, we are living the success of our dreams right there. Just doing, you don't even have to strap in actually, but you know what I mean? (laughs) It's a, it's, I think that whole thing right there is, is so cool because that is part of our connection. Somewhere deep inside, we're all looking for this, this this feeling that is so good on the brain you know
1: when you got cancer you're such a healthy dude that must have been a huge surprise not huh?
2: just a shock luckily it's one of those things that worked out you know and um i remember um shortly after we had all gone to costa rica and um you know it, it surfing had never felt so good and just that that feeling of connecting and i think that's where um, when I'm talking about the powers of what we manifest, in that lesson, what I realized was, it's not so much about what we ask for; it's about what we say we're thankful for. You know, that's the root of the thing. Instead of asking and and you know, like, I want that. You know, demands and I mean, even recently, I was hiking one day and I had this thought. You know, the best things in my life have happened only because I was in a happy thought, in a thankful thought, in a gratitude thought, you know, in a stoked level. It was never from being demanding. It was never from being aggressive or, you know, being weird or, you know, just any of that stuff. And it's such a cool reminder to think it is that Peter Pan thing, you know. Find your happy thought and then, I mean, you're floating. You're floating in this awesome life. And and I think we have been really blessed because we don't have to do negative things we don't you know that's really like where we are inside and what we're doing and how we accept things instead of reject things and you know we talk about that sometimes Chris I mean you know the uh the way that the the egos will create so many problems for us that uh you know we can't even see outside of that fog that we are creating you know and I think what's cool about snowboarding is it has always represented the the place to get away from those things where maybe we're not thinking, you know? Cuz overthinking has such a great way of ruining the best things, you know.
0: Man, I, this is banger. Dude, you're dropping so much Good stuff. Route. I'm love I'm loving what I'm hearing and I almost want to run it back and kind of process what I'm hearing and how I'm hearing it to to just kind of like let it hit home, but For me, I really admire the fact that you are, like I said, kind of that eternal optimist. You maybe don't even know that's what you are because you're delivering it. But, um, you know, we're building the same shitty jump we've been to. Nobody even lands anything. You're having a great time, right? I I want some of that personally, right? And so what I'm hearing is when, like, I love the analogy running it back to the playfulness because it's like, you know, at the end of the day, we are just, we're just like idiots sliding on the piece of wood in the mountains like and we're taking ourselves all seriously like oh i need to do my tricks and do my sponsors and this is like important it's like no we're fucking idiots sliding down the hill on people it's like we're basically kids sledding it's the same fucking thing you know what i mean we're just taking ourselves a little more seriously catching a little bit more air but and then you know keeping moving and and then that, that like that cancer surviving and and having that extreme gratefulness and all that i love hearing that i was reading my book the other day just to note it It said uh, one thing that stuck out to me, it said it's impossible to be sad and grateful at the same time. So it's like that really kind of is actively, you know, you're living that. And I don't know. I just like I like kind of being able to process these tools and and like,
2: you know, that that's debatable, too, because um, part of my family on my mom's side goes back to Eastern Europe. And there's an old saying that Eastern Europeans enjoy their pleasures very sadly Okay. So (laughs) True. You know, it's debatable. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's so cool to to reflect on these things because it's so – we're in a world where, you know, we've got so many badass people, you know. We've got so many of what people say is successful. But it feels like we need to – get back to defining success as being a person of value more than just successful, you know? Because this is something that I've thought about for years is, um, and, and it's an interesting um, dynamic thinking, but winning is a lot easier than you think, you know? Winning is, is, you know, what I consider, amateurs think it's about winning. The pros play so that it, lasts as long as possible you know and there and there's a difference there and, and I think um like I, we were laughing about um you know it's like the uh we were laughing about being the x games gold medal oh, yeah. <laughs> person yeah. and it's so funny because um you know, you either you either have an X Games gold medal or you don't. Yeah, you know. Do you have one, Buds? Because because Shane and I both do. I don't have one. Oh, you right. don't. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, what did it do for your Mikey, life? It's, it's never Shida too got late. Got
1: one for a photo, so maybe I'll get one. I was going to say it's yeah. never too late. It's Never
2: too late. Right I when I had given up on that. it, it happened. That's when you got one. <laughs> so,
0: so for the listeners that are unfamiliar. Um, Shane filmed it was uh, Breezy's right. Breezy's yep. X Games real snow. Breezy won a gold in X Games real snow. The filmer gets a gold as well. Shane is an X Games gold medalist. Changed everything. Where's that? <laughs> where's that? Where's that applause button?
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's wow, never wow, been dude. the.
2: It's never been the same since. No, but so that we were laughing about that because about winning, um, you know, people put so much importance on that. But I really believe that the more professional that you are actually, you are designing a a a long term goal of playing as long as you can. You know, think about any I don't know, who's the who's the longest running professional athlete that's winning, like Kelly Slater? I mean someone like that who's Tony Hawk. Late forties, yeah. Like Tony Hawk, I mean, he's fifty or something. Yeah. Every time they they There's do a their thing, you're just it's so, amazing, amped, right? you know. And I think that in snowboarding, we still haven't seen this this actual older generation develop. You know, Craig would have been it. I mean, even Jake is gone now. I mean, the the older people that were that going to be that that age just haven't. It hasn't happened yet. Snowboarding is still that young, so it's gonna be weird to see. You know, how does it progress? Because I feel like all the time we talk about, you know, putting out more edits of, you know, history of snowboarding. You know, if I had endless money, it would, it would be awesome to start the museum of snowboarding, you know? Mm-hmm. Because how rich of a history does snowboarding have? Just incredible characters. Like Whitey said, he's like, you know, Kingpin, we didn't have the best riders, but we had some of the best characters in snowboarding, you know? Yeah, for real. And it's so amazing how that, that is so true. There was this guy from, do you guys remember X-Dance at Sundance? Yeah. It was like the extreme sports of Sundance. And I remember the guy who put it on, he'd always we'd be drinking or something, and he'd be like, so, you know, this this is the image. And you'd just point it at your, <laughs> at your face. And I'd take his hands, and I'd be like, but we're capturing this. And he'd take my hands and be like, but it's right here. It's right here. <laughs> That's and the funny thing is, is he was right. Yeah. Because I remember last year when Twos was sick, Whitey had come through, and he's like, oh, let's check some footage of these young kids or whatever. We showed him some footage, and his first thought was, well, I don't want to just see the riding. I want to see who this guy is. Ah. I want to see who this character is so I know who to root for. And it's similar to NFL, NBA, anything. I mean, who are these people? There's not just a bunch of robots just doing their thing. Like, who is that? I want to. I want to know who that is.
1: So you can know mm-hmm. who to get behind is and root for. That's genius. I mean, that's what what's well, up. Yeah, yeah that's I what mean, you're attracted. We gotta. To. We,
0: it's gotta invoke some type of emotion. The yeah. People we latch ourselves onto. Otherwise, it would just be purely statistical. Oh, this guy has like more you know, points, uh, like, I don't, you don't just like somebody necessarily, like, you, you latch on to their, their story, you know, you latch on to yeah. their character, like, you know, back, going back to the Whitey days, Um, you know, thinking about J2 tripping over the trash bags in Destroyer, oh, you man. know, and, and just being, like, playing that role, or Mikey LeBlanc being the cop, you know, it's like, dude, yeah. the best. You so. filmed some of those skits, right?
2: And not those times, but... I came into Kingpin, the first real movie that I was a part of was Brainstorm. Brainstorm. Yep. And the coolest thing that I got to say about, um, you know, well, let's go back a little bit. Because, you know, I had been snowboarding for Burton and a few other people. And then um, times were changing. Um, our f- great friend, Jameel, that we had all started traveling with, with Blair, Randy, Ian, John Summers, yellow, I mean, you know, the alliance, this, this crew of friends that you, you know, for all of us, we start with our original crew of friends. That's
0: your OG crew you're describing, right? Yeah.
2: So for us, everything had progressed to that point where success was happening all around the crew. And then, um, right out of a movie, you know, on the great day that, you know, some people were at a contest. He's with other friends in Truckee or in ASI. And, um, and so um, what happened with Jamil was he, you know, he fell through a cornice or something, was killed in the avalanche. And I think what that happened, what happened there was, I mean, think about you, you start with the original crew and hopefully something like this doesn't happen to them. But in this case, it was that shattering moment where, you know, childhood fantasies of this is going to be all good all the time um, just change really quick, you know. And um, I think in that moment, um, when I look back on it, it's interesting because we all mourn differently for things and especially for our great friend, you know, doing something that we all love so much. And, um, you know, there's no um, wrong way to mourn, you know? So everyone does what they need to do when you need to do it. And, um, I remember for me personally, it made me want to, um, go more into the mountains and, and more into the, the connection. And, um, and I think that's one of those things that, you know, we're, we're, um, we've been talking a lot more about is just, um, you know, what you're drawn to, what, what is, um, The thing that pulls you or whatever you know and for me it's the ocean and the mountains it's that connection that um everybody tends to say I love you when it's sunny and when it's awesome but when it's really gnarly and you really do mean I love you like that's when you see you know what counts and I think I think in those moments that's what happened to me personally it was such a um, shattering moment to lose Jamil for all of us. And then um just what what pulled us into making it better. And which is funny because then um not not too long after this um we were in New York just raging and um out of you know the <laughs> fog of raging, I see these two guys trying to get in the bar and I'm like, Ethan and lotto what new york city new york city <laughs> and this is really funny though because this was a, a stage you know when you're in a dark place where you can go one direction or another and i remember seeing you guys and and you're like what the hell you know like we're we're in utah now you should come out and i want to say within a few days within I'm, a few days yeah. i moved in with you i <laughs> yeah, flew he
1: came and got in a, we all got a house together <laughs>
2: That from was a insane, random though. chance meeting no and, and no we had known each
1: other from back in like high school. And then beyond that, just shredding around, but the bump into him in New York city like that.
2: That it was, was insane. That's was some divine shit. right? Yeah, it there, was divine.
1: Dude. And he just like, yeah, you should move out to Utah. He's just like, okay. <laughs>
2: and I got to say right now that <laughs> I owe Andy super genius way more because I flew, moved in with you guys. He moved my stuff for $500 from, L.A. because he was coming to see oh, really? to Salt Lake. But man, I, Moved I gotta say thank you. you, Andy, for Let's moving an my stuff. You Super know, Super G. That that was a lifesaver. But yeah, that was a really interesting twist because it could have gone darker. Who knows? But um, see, you guys like you represented like almost, the light. And
1: yeah, you were almost you could have made a decision in life and went a total different direction. Yeah. But since we bumped into story. each other, you were just like, oh, all right, I'll try something new.
2: And yeah, it's funny how. Um sometimes I'll get hit up by kids where they say, you know, Hey, uh, where'd you go to school? How'd you like end up doing what you're doing, you know? And I'm like, Well, first thing to do is just to get a really solid passion that you'll do anything for to make happen and start with that and then the kids will send me back, No, seriously, where'd you go to school? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm trying to help you on from my perspective. No, seriously. It, is, seriously though, where'd you go a to name. school? Also, the just give me the name. I, I love
0: like that that openness because you see sometimes people are like so rigid and like I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to. But sometimes you get these signs like running into Stony Buds in New York in a bar, and you have to be like, I feel like intuitively this is where I should be going. I'm just gonna follow that. It's and, true, and and that's like you know leads you into cool places. But I got like to say um, cool, yeah.
2: cool places though, but what's um this is another segue to something I was thinking about um the difference of being innocent and ignorant because when I did move in with you guys, I remember um going and doing a lot of solo snowboarding in backcountry situations um completely um you know beyond the thoughts of what I should be doing. Yeah. And so it's amazing. Um, I was thinking about this recently. The first time I ever went to um, went to Alaska, it was up with Brad Chaffel, Dan Hunt, Claassen, and um, I can't remember the the other guys that were with us. I think McGregor was filming or something. We were up there, and <coughs> it's funny when you're so clueless that you're just absolutely oblivious. And me and Claassen, or some, or Dan, or something. Had, done this, like, two, like, both of us riding these chutes that come together on a giant Alaska face, and the whole thing ripped out. Giant. Really? And I remember he's just, like, follow me onto this high point, and we get up there, and I'm so oblivious that I'm, like, this is so cool. This is awesome. This is like watching Niagara Falls, and you're in the middle, like, on a little <laughs> island. And, <laughs> and I'm is just, so like, cool. this is so cool. And we get down, and everyone's face is all white, just, like, what the fuck? And I'm like, did you guys film that? How cool is that? <laughs> and it's amazing when you're that clueless. Yeah. So what I always say, is it's, you know, they say it's ignorance is blissful. Well, ignorance means you're aware of something to ignore it. Innocence means you're just clueless as <laughs> shit. And it's amazing what you can get yourself into and luckily get out of if you're allowed to, but it's good to know yeah. the difference. Yeah. Man. Right.
0: <laughs> oh Yeah. Well, going back, that kind of ties into talking about avalanche awareness and talking about how you know the the crews of the people that really know what they're doing. They don't necessarily pick a leader. You you kind of do a group effort, right? You want to talk about that? That was kind of insightful what you were saying.
2: Yeah, I think the whole idea is that um, you know when it comes down to groups and the group dynamics, especially out in the snowboard world, you've got to empower the whole group. You know, this it's not the um, it's not the old paradigm of the, the lead buffalo. And that's what I was mentioning to you guys before. The, there's a great book called The Flight of the Buffalo. And it's super um, good on the brain just to see how in group dynamics, the old way was this chief buffalo. Everyone does what they're told according to that one. But even the natives knew you take that one out and the herd just wanders aimlessly. And so you empower the group and think more about like the geese in the V. And each one knows collectively where they're going. And as they get tired, there's a new leader that takes over. So they collectively are all leading together towards a common goal. And I feel like that is literally what is happening in snowboarding. In our in our groups, when we're out there, there should never really be the clear leader. You know, every person wants to be um, at a stage of their skills, of their awareness where they're working together. You know, they're a partnership. Because you never know what could happen to anyone. I mean, it's, you know, it's good to remember that, I mean, shit can happen to every one of us, you know, it's not exclusive for sure.
0: Also, another thing tying into that is when you're talking about, you know, making a decision, let's say you're making a group decision, right? If, if I, if, if there's a leader, right, let's say, let's just say I'm the leader. I'm like, Hey, we're going to do this. And we do that. And something goes wrong. Everybody can be like, that was your fault. That you you point their finger and say this is why it went wrong. But if you say, hey guys, where should we go? What should we do? How should we do this? Hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Then their their input is involved as well. So it's there's accountability. There's accountability on all sides. So it is cool, I think, in in group dynamics to have everybody's input for sheer you know because that's just
2: more. It just gels better. You know, it's you know that reminds me of. Um there's a there's a really old book, you know, Arabian Nights, The Tale of of 10000 Nights, I think it's called. But um that book is one of you know the oldest books in in circulation still. And the cool thing is about that book is each story is really important um in itself. You know, I don't know if you guys know the story, do you know? Not familiar. So the idea of Arabian Nights is this prince comes back, his wife had cheated on him. So he kills her. And his whole thing is he's going to marry a girl every day and then kill her the next morning because then they'll always only be his. That's, it's old school, you know. And, uh, and so the idea is the girl that gets picked, her sister tells her, start with a story every night and tell him that you'll tell him the rest tomorrow night. And so it begins like this and it's a really amazing, you know, powerful story and i feel like people have lost um well not completely but it's slipping the importance of books, you know, and all the the mysteries they hold and the the questions that they unlock in your own brain, you know. And Arabian Nights is so cool because it it's as simple as it starts with okay, there's two guys. They're leaving a town. They're out in an oasis. They come upon these two girls being you know, raped or whatever. So they chase off the marauders and the girls tell them, Hey, you got everything you want right here. One question or one thing we demand is never ask a question that doesn't concern you directly. And so they're like, Oh, okay, no problem. And so all the food, the women, the whole thing. And then they notice they've got lash marks on their backs or something. And so the the one brother's like, I just got to ask, why do you have those? And then their bodyguards stand up and they say, we told you, you know, don't ask questions that don't concern you directly. But then the way that this book goes, it's like, before we tell you more, let's talk about this bodyguard. And then we go into that story. And so this continuation happens for 10,000 nights, and that's the idea. But what's really amazing about that is the theme is um, telling us and showing us how profound! Every character is important in the story, and that's the point. I mean, maybe you guys can edit this because it was a little long of a story. But <laughs> no, the, I, but I, the I, idea I was captivating. I think that was. Yeah. But honestly, the idea though is is amazing because I think um, what's happening that's strange in the world nowadays is so many people, through social media or whatever, are getting sucked into other people's games, other people's lives. Wow! And, great comparison. And think about it though; it's it's every every character. Is important in the story, you know. Like even if it's like, oh, I hated that one guy that used to be the team manager or the so and so, and it's like, well, if it wasn't him, it would be someone else doing the same exact thing, because that's the character in the story, you know. And that's the amazing part. Everybody's of these- playing their role. Yeah. When well, a lot of people Rolls. get
1: caught up on their self importance too, when they need to think of the bigger picture and everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Instagram like teaches you just to think about yourself, mm-hmm. promote yourself, and
2: which is weird because you know all like the old profound messages that. You know, everyone, uh, well, you know, like the old profound messages, you know, it doesn't matter, some Chinese proverbs or whatever, they're so powerful. And at the same time, um, what is social media doing? It's the opposite of what these things were trying to teach us. Yeah. Because I read one the other day. I was randomly somewhere, saw it written on a wall in a downtown. I was in California somewhere. Bathroom stall. Yep, bathroom stall. (laughs) But um, no, but I saw this message that said, never impose your importance on anyone. I'm like, wow, that's some powerful stuff, you know? Cause probably when you are a samurai back then, you try to be meager and that way, you know, you're the most ass kicking guy around, but you don't look like it. Cause if you look like it, everybody wants to test you. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's funny because social media, what's the whole idea. Let me impose my importance on you. Like hammer it down your throat <laughs> every single day. You know,
0: that's basically what it is. It's, it's almost encourage, it's encouraged. It's not just like – it's not just – it's like that's what's favored. Is. So this
2: is a funny thing going back to that talk, topic of we need to redefine success as being becoming someone of value. Well, nowadays it's weird because success is based on two things. It's typically shamelessness and delusional mentalities. So you think about how many people you could go down the list that are literally successful because they're totally shameless – and they're totally delusional, you know, it's a crazy thought, but you know, these profound things that you read from times gone by of these like ancient people that knew some stuff. It's weird that it's completely the opposite of what we're being flooded with every day. So it's interesting trying to balance that. Cause I'm like, to me, like I was saying to you guys before, I don't care if anybody knows my face, if anybody knows who I am, I'm content with being the person that helped others to do these dope things. I think that's a great, you know, identifying moment for myself. You know, at at some point when I was like, holy cow, it's so cool to help others make their dreams come true. And it's kind of like that lost boys and lost girls thing again. Once you can fly, you think you don't want to spread that. I mean, you wanted to share that with as many people as possible. And so for me, you know, it's not about, oh, I root for the underdog or whatever. It's like, I root for everyone. I want everyone to have the best time. I want this thing shared as much as possible because the more people that are flying, that means the more people that are living happy thoughts. And that that is the most infectious, amazing thing you could ever spread, you know. And so that's the whole idea here. It's weird that in these times we've got the social media, the shamelessness, the delusional programming. But if we can balance it, you know, it's like, for myself, if you're going to talk, say something that people are going to remember. Say something that people might want to write down. And it's because it's typically just sharing something that I learned along the way. It wasn't, I made this thought up, you know, that that, that insanity. It's just, hey, this is worth remembering this awesome idea and then sharing it, you know. I remember um, years ago, Mikey LeBlanc goes to the Zen Center and going there to date, I, I think is. I remember the you telling thing. me this directly. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, hour and a half, you just sit there Indian style, don't say anything. The hardest shit I've ever done in my life <laughs> is sit for an hour and a half Indian style and not do anything. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because I remember at the end of that, the the guy, the roshi or whatever, any questions? Boom, yeah. So why aren't we just like maybe finding you in the woods? you know instead you're in a building, you're doing all this stuff? And he said that's a great question. I actually lived in the woods for seven years or something, <laughs> and then I had a revelation that if you don't share these things, then it's rather selfish you know wow, and that's such a cool bombs. such a cool motivator, though, when you realize that that this is and you know it it really it's it's amazing just the power you see of when you share these things that we are living with others and then see them soaked, that is unreal. You know, it really is like you can have the best time yourself all you want, but when you take someone somewhere cool and then you see them tap in and just so amped, you're just like, Oh my God, sharing is so red. And it's so simple.
0: And the same thing could be said for anything, whether it's ideas or, Happiness, or even even take take a financial. Let's just take money for example. You have all the money in the world. If you live by yourself and you got nobody to share it with, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. you're like just you know by yourself. But going back to Mikey, that's uh that we're gonna segue into the guest question, which is from Mikey LeBlanc. Now the guest question is presented by Solomon Snowboards. So lately, I've been riding a bunch of different Solomon boards. Uh, I normally ride the six piece, but I've just been trying all the boards in line, and I'm riding the Huck Knife right now. And it's a 155 mid-wide. And it's kind of like your perfect board if you're looking to ride park and some powder. Really good park board. Um, But I've just been having an absolute blast on the Solomon Huck Knife. Highly recommend it. Now let's get into the guest question from Mikey LeBlanc. Hey, guys. This is Mikey. Shane, my question for you is about my favorite quote uh of yours I mean I have many but this one is the one that I've repeated hundreds of times
2: literally to other people um J2 was there I believe so was Andy Wright and basically we were you know talking about filming it was cloudy and one of the writers like it's cloudy blah 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 I don't want to go up and you were like you know
0: it's always sunny above the clouds and I just love that man um, I think in the context of it, you were just trying to motivate the crew, but the bigger message was there too, which is something I'd like to hear you chat about. So anyway, love you dudes. Bye. Incredible human, Mikey LeBlanc. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's always sunny above the clouds. I've heard you say that one it for is. sure too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> is. It's a, it's a fact. It's science. True Honestly, story. that
2: story that Mikey's talking about, we were at his house, um, Gigi was in town, And Twos lived with them. And um, it was just like every other morning, you know, like you never know what you're going to get. You just got to go. Like I was saying before, you got to just show up. Well, it's funny because, you know, those inversion days where it's so crappy. Yeah. And it's it's just like this day is written off. And I want to say it was Twos that was saying we shouldn't go. It's totally blown out. And Gigi's in town for only so long. So it's like, let's go. Who knows? Who knows? That day ended up turning out to be, like, a really, really sick day that, you know, shots were used, the most amazing things with Gigi. I mean, it's hard not to get something rad with him. But the whole point was that it was sunny above the clouds. <laughs> 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 and, that and classic so,
1: Salt Lake <laughs> inversion can trick you. Absolutely sunny above the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: But it was it was that, I think... I mean, how long have we known twos? You know, I mean, shit, since being a teenager. Um, with him, the banter was always real, and he would he would argue with you to agree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just just to make it, you know, last. Just to keep yeah. the banter going. It didn't matter. But um, but yeah, I mean, with Mikey, Mikey and twos. I mean, we had so many cool adventures. I can only imagine the, you know the things that we learn from each other it's unreal and i think that's the the best part you know cuz i mean gosh when when tues passed away i think that was um one of those moments i've always thought that if the end of the world happens in the rubble in the in the wreckage there's going to be some crazy vehicle that will come up and just you know burn up right up to you like out of a movie Door open with twos driving saying, get in. <laughs> and I'm not ruling that out now, actually. <laughs> it's it's one of those things.
1: A oh, real life. It's an awesome image in my head.
0: <laughs> Incredible. Um, well, we have a bomb hole first, uh, first time ever on the show. Uh, yesterday, um, we went and filmed a skit. Oh. And we are going to play it for you guys right now. Um it's mainly starring E Stone boarding, and uh, here we go. Ready, big dog? Oh yeah, you got this, buds. You got this.
1: Do we need a countdown? Yeah, but I got you right here.
0: Drop it. Three, two, one. Oh shit! Ah! <laughs> hey buds, you all good, man? Oh, I'm good, dog. <laughs> what a rush. Wow! Absolute wow. masterpiece Woo! edited by Shane. For those listeners, it was a uh, it was stone strapped in. He goes down a rock ride. It's actually a dummy that we sent down there, and the clip is amazing. No Eastones stones
1: were hurt in the filming making of this edit.
2: Eastone, full part, full part done. Coming
1: soon.
0: Uh, one other thing I did for the <laughs> pleasure of the viewers is I actually took that clip. And looped it of the dummy crashing. Oh. <laughs> and it was like But mind you, when we recorded this yesterday, we I was on the ground. You know that like rolling on the ground crying or whatever people like <laughs> use that term. That was actually what we were oh doing when we sent the dummy down. Here's a repeating clip of the dummy ragdolling down the hill. <laughs> the stee is so good because for the, the Well the sound lines up nice his, too. His his arms don't move because he's a dummy. So he's got like MFM stee going down the going down the rock, but good form. let's talk about the uh the dummy and the sheer amount of fun it is doing the dummy. It, the
2: dummy just doesn't get old. I mean <laughs> at this point, you know, who doesn't want to see a full part of E Stone come out? Dummy guy, (laughs) come on, going dummy. Well, you know, I think the funny thing about the dummy is it's it's going back to just having fun with this stuff. Because I mean, I remember remember when like Huffman threw his board off the big cliff back in the day. Mm -hmm. you Just see it flying through the air. I mean, it it doesn't matter. You know, dummy flying off, just stuff (laughs) flying off. Just throw stuff off of high places entertain (laughs) us, you know? (laughs) Entertain us. I mean, come on. What are we doing here?
0: (laughs) Well, the one dummy clip that I absolutely loved that really got me hooked on your your dummy ideas, and this is an idea that we're, we're always building backcountry jumps talking about shit, and it's like, oh, it's a cloudy day. It's really bad conditions. We should build a dummy today and film a skit. But the one I loved is there's one you did with Mickle Bang, and the dummy... Goes to ride under a fence and just runs into it. <laughs> it's yeah. so stupid,
2: but so amazing. And he's an incredible actor. Oh, he's. A good I actor. mean, if we need to start maybe an Oscars for <laughs> snowboarding people, <laughs> because some of the skits people do. I mean, come on, man. There's some good ones out there for sure, but yeah. I mean, um, when you say that, it it reminds me of um, back when we did you know Flipside and stuff. We would just get into such these crazy modes and marco was just the best hands down you know marco was like his acting level him and mikey probably are some of the best and uh but we did the black eagles yeah <laughs> and just went around haynes and film crows as marco was acting like he was this guy like here we are with the black eagles and you know just ridiculous <laughs> That's what we do and we're on those down, those down days, you know? Though, man. Those, those are, are
1: huge. big, big crows at yeah. Haynes, eating all that Alaskan trash.
2: And we, uh, honestly, we should give it up to Haynes right now, because you guys know that they've been hit really hard with the weather and like, the mudslide that took oh, out really? part of the town. I didn't hear that. Yeah. I didn't know if about anyone that. hears about this, like right now. Right now. Yeah. But um, Haynes needs people's help, so donate, find out. The town was affected oh, yeah. by a slide. Which is, I mean, think about how many people spend great time skiing, and snowboarding there. Yeah, those people are awesome up there. So if you can help out,
1: wow, that's crazy. We'll yeah. put a link. Yeah, put a link in the show to, notes. Uh, something that can help because this yeah. will
2: be quite a bit. Few weeks I'm after, sure they'll still, they'll need still need help. Still. I'm sure they'll still need like help. what they yeah. showed when I from like Seba from those guys. I mean, full on, like tearing out the roads. Wow, yeah, yeah. it's pretty well,
0: insane. I'd like to uh, pivot for the sake of time and keep moving right, I said pivot. Pivot. Yeah, listeners uh, say... Uh, a lot of...
1: Dude, we've been getting a lot of support. They,
0: uh, they're they pro-pivot. Don't stop using A lot of people are pro-pivot. Pro pivot. So, um... Where do you want to go? I'll tell you where I want to go. Because you look at snowboard, our world, our, our world of snowboard filming and, and video parts and these movies, right? You've been doing it for over 21 years. And you see, over the years, there's all these different crews. And you have your, you know, different... It's very clicky. You know, you're... Certain, you know, for people that are unfamiliar, you really only go out with your people that are in your same movie, and it, you can't really bring other people with you. It's this kind of like clicky thing for the most part for most people. And the thing I've always admired about you guys is that you know I'd be friends with Bodie, and I'd be filming for Video Grass. Nobody in VG is hitting a jump, and you'd be like, yeah, you want to come build this jump with us? Like, no problem, I'll film you. No, no, no biggie. And the the common theme of you know, inclusivity is is incredible from you guys in a lot of ways if you're you know friends with one of the riders in the squad yeah bring them along and i, I think a lot of people preach inclusivity but they're actually clicky as fuck and it's like <laughs> it's really so true, it's, dude. It's, it's like oh we're so inclusive it's like and no, shane is like the leader you're actually inclusive yeah. and you know so well, I, I i just had kind of admire that trait and i had to say that well right. thanks
2: for saying that i think honestly um People come around, you know, it's, a. Uh, have often found, you know, for ourselves, we, we live here in Salt Lake. We didn't grow up here. And for that kind of person, it sometimes lead to being more open to other people outside of your immediate circle. It's easy to grow up in a place and just remain in your circle, you know? But, um, I think at the end of the day, the beauty is in our connections and, I mean, if people are having fun, you don't want to be around that? I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. And if people want to have fun, it's like, come on, man. Like I was saying, I love linking up with whoever wants to get out there and do it. And I think about this a lot because, you know, I'm far from perfect. Believe me. it's the, I've had moments where I'm frustrated with people, but I find that um, over the years, it's expectation. The reality is it's expectation versus gratitude, you know? And, and I think that the more your expectations grow, the more you get let down, the more things don't work out how you wanted them to be. But, um, and I think, um, the click thing is a, is a, is a, you know, that's the beginning for everyone. But once again, when I say, look, look around right now at your friends, at the people around you, who's going to still be riding with you in 20 years, you know, be honest with yourselves because we don't know. Most of the things we are learning are the things we don't know. We don't know. So we don't even know right now the question that we're going to have in five years, you know. And so that it's really weird when you go all of a sudden you're 25 years later and it's like who's still in your crew, you know. And if you're not open to the world, you're going to be in that summer 69 guy thing just telling everyone how it was. And that's a really sad story, you know. And, you know, they say it's easier to make a sad song than a good song, like a happy song. So, like I'm saying, it's just like we don't get better at stuff to take the easy path you know in snowboarding terms who's getting better to go take the green run you know that's just not happening we we were constantly trying to get better and um, recently um, I was talking to Russell Winfield and, and he, he said the best thing ever I mean if people just focus on being a good person everything's going to be fine wow it's so simple <laughs> so profound give Russell an air horn seriously that. though Thank you for saying that too, Russell, because like I'm saying, that simple, simple thing, no matter what you believe, what you are saying, all these details, if you're focusing on being a good person, everything else is going to work out great. It's just that simple, you know? So, I don't know. As far as the clicks go, if we're all just being good people and having fun, it's like you become click-proof at some point because the whole thing is related, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. I've heard this before, I may have mentioned on the podcast, but you know, they talk about what would unite humanity and it's like aliens, right? Somebody, if they came and attacked us, you wouldn't be like, well, you're a Democrat and then you're a Republican and, or whatever, whatever these imaginary boundaries we are that separate ourselves, whether it's skier, snowboarder, racial or whatever, you know, things that we create to make people feel like they're different in some sort of way. But if aliens came, we'd be like, "Oh shit! All right, we're all humans. We got to stick together." And well, you know that's <laughs> funny
2: because um, I don't know about you guys, but I, you know, everyone's got a favorite conspiracy right now, or like, this, oh, all let's this get stuff. into it. No, but but I don't want to go crazy with it. But the funny thing is, we got tinfoil is, hats is too we can put on. In relation to what you just said, it would be hilarious if, in the next few months, there was this alien landing, but it's actually. We're faking it on ourselves
1: <laughs> to get everyone to come together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what we should do. Because that if you just
2: fake sick. the alien landing, <laughs> because you know those monoliths that are showing up, it's just so dumb right now. But it's like, oh what the one out in let's, the Utah desert? Yeah, let's just you know, like let's bow down and start a whole religion over this stuff. You know, are
1: there more of those showing up?
2: Yeah. So I mean, I don't want to waste the the time talking oh, this about is great this stuff. Substance that's good but, substance. But, <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, it would just be hilarious. If in a few months this alien thing comes down or whatever, and then it's actually us faking, faking it, it. just funny. to get everyone to be like it's a compliancy test, you know, it's like now get over your details and just comply, see, you know. This
0: is why we need see Shane should be running for president. He comes up with these ideas. He's in. He's, he's an got, idea man, you know. Um, <laughs> dude, a couple things going in my head, right? A, I'm thinking. All the banter we have building cheese wedges. You should start your own podcast. Mic yourself up. Mic everybody up in the crew as we build a wedge, and then just that's the that's the show. Wedge, wedge hole. We- yeah. Wedge, <laughs> wedge hole. <laughs> wedge hole. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to. Can we get a um the the actor voice of Welcome to the Wedge Hole?
2: All right, everybody. Now, welcome to Wedge Hole, coming to you live from the Gulch. <laughs> <laughs> dude. Honestly, you know that would uh, be a great. This I'd is really to funny that, because dude. every time. I, I actually am around a microphone. I don't know how people can't resist <laughs> to talk like you're at a strip club yeah, or something. Because Coming up next on the stage, we've got Sapphire, <laughs> all the way from Sandy, Utah. I don't know. It's just, it's just <laughs> so hard. If it doesn't hard. work out in snowboarding. But what dude. I've always wondered, though, is the people that are um, the announcers, you know, I mean, the famous ones like the Dick Clarks or whatever, did they really talk that way? Were they seriously looking at their wife, going, "All right, tonight after dinner, we're getting it on, eight p.m. Be there." I mean, seriously, is that are they that committed? I don't think so, but maybe they are. I don't know. Oh, that's, that's they might be.
0: <laughs> well, along these lines, um, we were talking about something very, very profound on the chairlift the other day, uh, and it's it, it was. You know, we were, we were, was along the lines of yoga. I'll introduce, I'll introduce the conversation with that and I'll let you take it from
2: there. Well, I mean, sometimes maybe we can start this right now. Yeah. I mean, we start it. because the idea was we start snoga, you know, where you, you strap into your board and you do the whole process, but with the board on, you know, so let everyone know that you're dropping, you know, <laughs> bend down and tighten your bindings, make sure you're good, you know, and start really getting into the grabs because we were talking about how grabs, especially with the, some of the new gear, it's it's pretty hard. You know, I mean, I'm getting old, so melon feels like a nuclear grab oh, for yeah. me. But you know, I'm with you on that. So Snoga, it could be the beginning of something. And you know? then you just get right into
1: those grabs. You'd be all loose and on ready, your back,
2: yeah. getting your, yeah. n- your nuclear, your taipan, whatever. You're just kind of on your stomach, just arching methods. Like oh man, dude, just that's basically yoga. It
1: out.
0: I don't know what they call it, like crouching tiger, I think, or something like that. Strap in, strap off. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I think we start a YouTube channel, yoga with snowboards on.
2: Let's Snoga. go. Snoga, yep. There's so, somebody, somebody in Rotto's probably already doing already. it. You know <laughs> what? Um, one thing I, was, I, w- I looked down here and I just remembered um, was our the Buffalo trip to Kissing Bridge with Benny. Because I wanted to bring that up because – um you know, a lot of times, it's funny, we're, we're from the East Coast, the three of us, and, you, you know, you, you move out West. And I remember when I first moved out West, people would be like, oh, I've been East before. I went to Denver once, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little more. But, uh, but growing up in Buffalo, it's interesting because Buffalo, you don't, you know, you don't get to choose where you grow up. And I always laugh when people act like they chose where they grew up. That's kind of weird. But, you know, you, just, you work with what you got. <laughs> That's a great and, point. I never thought yeah. about that. So it's funny um, when I think about um, us going back to Buffalo for snowboarding purposes, because when my friend Blair and I left, you know, back in the day to do the green mountain series, move to Vermont. I mean, we might as well have been saying we're going to Mars, you know? Yeah. Because everybody in the school from principals, to teachers are like, you're going to have to buckle down, man. This is not going to work out. And right now, I mean, this is, um, I mean, 28 years later, and it's been not working out for 28 years. So it's it's pretty fun how that works. <laughs> but um, I remember that um, we went back to Buffalo, and it was such an awesome crew. Mikey, Benny, I mean, the whole thing. And what I remember was, you know, being from Buffalo, um, you just are a product of your environment. But um, showing up there it, at your home resort, Kissing Bridge, New York, I mean, it's – it's hilarious, but I remember, um, we're like, Hey, this is cool. We're back. These guys will be stoked. We walk in the office, the guy, it's like walking into your old principal in high school because we used to get in trouble all the time at the resort. And so walking in it's like, Hey man, good to see you again. You know? And I'm not going to say his name here, but I mean, the guy is just as obtuse as he was when you were like a, a teenager. And he's just like, do you guys have a business card and it's like, man, I can show you on the web every one of these people, you know, and the reason why we're here. And he's just looking at me and just kept on saying, if you don't have a business card, I don't, I just don't think it's real. And it's just like and I'm like, "Mikey Leblanc, let me like just google him and just show you." And the guy would he just would refuse. It was insane. And so I remember sitting there and since I've moved out west, I think I became A more rounded out buffalo person you know and so in that moment it's funny how it kicked in and i was just like you know what man you are the exact reason why i fucking moved from places like this and you are a total joke like you are refusing to even learn you know and i think that it, it just hit me so hard so i remember just being like fuck off man like to his face you know Welcome back to Buffalo. And we walked out and the head of security goes, what did he tell you? And I was like, he said, get the ladder and let's do this. I remember this, <laughs> And dude. he literally helped us and we went and got the shot.
1: We got a shot of Benny and, jumping off the roof. Yeah, it was the sickest <laughs> shot.
2: And it was so funny because I was like, you know what, man? Fuck you, dude. I'm from Buffalo. And then we stole like, the i I'm, Like, I'm only asking you to make you feel like you're involved. You know what I mean? Come on, man. Let's be I real totally about this I totally forgot shit. about
0: that, dude. Your Buffalo oh. is showing a little bit there.
2: It's oh. those kind of moments that's that are incredible. really funny to remember. <laughs>
3: so what, are this, yeah,
0: security, the security
1: what did this security guard help us get the ladder set up?
2: I remember people were, I think heads were rolling after that. there was a
1: bar that was open right there. Well, everyone
2: else is so awesome there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, you know that's Mikey, what's funny yeah. is, I mean, do we even tell that story?
1: Sure. I mean, yeah, it's where Mikey stole the toboggan.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So it connects to another episode. It literally, as a bonus. (laughs) So, yeah, that is where the tobogganist came from, too. And that's what I'm saying. It's funny when people try to fuck with you, and you're like, dude, I'm from here. Come on. We're just trying to be nice, you know. But I think a lot
1: of listeners don't even know that you had such a good, extensive snowboard career before filming, too.
2: Well, you know, uh, speaking of Kissing Ridge, the first park I ever designed, this is really funny, 19... 92 or some shit we had an 80 foot handrail really? in that park in the they park. were insane <laughs> they were like you want to design a park it was like yeah let's design a park 80 foot rail there was a mound that had a sh- like a fly off like at the end rail kind of deal off like a 10 foot mound that sent you to the flats <laughs> i mean it was so deadly Honestly, if we had that park now, people would be like, damn, this is this, this is, is pretty legit. gnarly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and you guys had it back in the eighties, late eighties. Well, early nineties. Early nineties.
2: But that that is so funny to think about.
1: But you were a sponsored Burton rider. Yeah. And you yeah. uh didn't you have a subscription card in like Transworld for like a decade?
2: In Snowboarder. For
1: snowboarder. Yeah. For over a decade or something. It's probably something, the pinnacle
2: right? of my career. Yeah, dude. <laughs> No, a decades, it, a, that's a, like dude, consistently in like print every issue. It might, dec- still, it might still be in
1: there. I don't even know, but it was forever. Like I think it was a solid 10 years.
2: I think it comes out in next year's snowboarder.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to get into a Patreon question from Angus Trinder. And uh, he writes to you, Shane, with films now being released on YouTube and other digital platforms, do you feel the traditional way of producing films is becoming a thing of the past?
2: Good question. Um, Thank you. you know, I'm Angus. thinking, um, yeah, that's a good question, Angus. Cause honestly, I think things are progressing where, um, for example, movies this year I've edited the absinthe movie more of almost a video magazine you know, because this year was tough for everyone to be together. And in my mind, I I always loved the video mags, the four-in-one video mags, the, you know, the skating, that was insane. And what I liked about it was you never know what was going to be next, you know. And um, if you compare it to music, you know, you can make an album or you can make a single, but if you make an album that all the songs sound like the single, you might as well just make a single. You know what I mean? So I think that if you look at those two differences – what we're doing here, we're creating media, we're capturing each other, the stoke, whatever it is. But um, it doesn't always have to be together like the clicks we were saying, because to me, that diversity, I love full spectrum, you know, years ago when I was a rider, I mean, you'd be on the tour and it's like, we're friends with all the cross M guys racing, just like, you know, they're friends with us that are hitting the jumps and the half pipes, whatever, you know, and you just, you're rooting each other on. It's, I think it's, once again, it's all just a perspective of what you're doing. Because you know how they say if you compare yourself to others, you end up bitter. But if you compete with yourself, you end up better. I feel like that's the root of this whole thing. You know what I mean? And so how we are putting out stuff, um, it isn't so much like, oh, that was better than that, even though you will lean towards certain things. It's seeing all of it. You know, and yeah, there's the YouTubes and the whatnot. But if, you know, if you're into supporting arts, it's like buying a book. Yeah, you don't have to buy the book, but you'll be stoked if you buy the book. You know, and I feel like right now we're just learning different ways that we can repackage it. It's funny that there's a saying: the farther you look back in the past, the more you can see the future. And I feel like, I mean, there we are, years before Transworld in the '90s did video magazines. And that was such a cool thing because you'd be watching, oh, there's Peter Lyon, and, and then all of a sudden it's like, and then they're, they're in New Zealand. And you're like, whoa, that's sick, another crew right here. But it's all over the place. Then you're in Pennsylvania, you know, and it's like, oh, cool. And I feel like maybe that's where we're gravitating towards, you know. Because we like magazines because we're old school, but, you know, magazines are broken. You can't really zoom in, and when you tap them, they don't do anything, you know. It's just the the feed never changes. It's weird, you know, so... I think that the movies it's it's just creating more of maybe more of like not news but a video magazine where you're capturing that stuff.
0: I love video magazines. Especially
1: yeah, you can document this snowboarding all over the world and show every side of it and
2: Yeah. And if you're into something go that direction. If you're into something, you're gonna watch it. I mean, like I love surfing, skating and snowboarding. Every time there's a new movie out I'm like, I'm watching that shit. Yeah. So you're gonna watch all the different
1: Take in as much of it as you can.
2: And at the same time, um, I think what's really growing is that character development like we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Because now it's like, cool, that those group of kids that all kind of look the same from the outside, they can now become individuals because we're allowed to see in, you know. It isn't just shot and B-clip, shot and B-clip. It's like, yeah, we've seen that. But I want to you know feel like I'm missing out or I'm like I want to be a part of these people yeah, and I want to you know? meet these people cuz I was going to say like when we used to do flipside um that I felt like was was actually getting into more stuff that leads to that interest level where it's more than just Roman is really good and he does tricks it's like oh now we have an idea of who Roman is or JP Soul Yeah let's or get to meet these you know? guys Yeah and once you meet them you love them you know and that's where I think that that connection really grows just like bands. I mean, if you see someone that you love snowboarding or skating or surfing in person, I mean, it's, you're done. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, that person is the best ever, yeah. you know? So I think the next connection is that video of them and then allowing them into their lives. You know, it's such a different scenario. Um, I was going to talk about the first time I moved into um, Burlington, Vermont. I moved in with the Burton team manager at the time, Mikey Lavecchia. And it was it, unforgettable that literally it was the, that very night or the next night, he said, I've got two sponsor me tapes and check them out. First one was a little kid from Mammoth who was ripping. And Jeffy Anderson. And I was like, holy shit, this little <laughs> kid is so sick, you know? Obviously, yes. And then the second person and I remember to this day I wish we could find this Jason Brown from Salt Lake City, Utah. Wow. And I was just blown away. I remember going, "What where is this?" And he's like, <laughs> "Oh, that's Brighton and that's Snowbird." And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going there. This this is insane." And he's it looking to at date, his sponsor me tape. Sponsor me if we could have Jason Brown's sponsor me tape right now. We'll have to the hit him sickest up. footage of Snowbird and Brighton. Nobody around just sending cats to like Neck deep, pow, you know, and it was just like, "Damn, I'm going to Utah!" Wow, for sure.
1: Right in from well, Burlington, too. That's so cool.
0: That's a perfect. Uh, that's a perfect segue into a little part of the show, buds. You know what it is? I think it might be named that video part.
3: Name that video part.
0: Name that video part is presented by. The Dew Tour, one of the greatest events in all of snowboarding. If you get a chance, make sure you check out the Dew Tour. They are always doing cool things to support the snowboarding community. They support us. Now let's get into the song. What is your confidence level right now?
2: Honestly, um, it's been such a long summer of editing. I would probably fail um, remembering what songs we used for a movie this year. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we need a zero through 10 number. Negative uh, 10. Wow. <laughs> no, no. That's our lowest ever.
2: I, I like to surprise people, <laughs> you negative know, 10, lower the expectations.
0: <laughs> All right, negative 10. Here we go. How
2: long do we wait until we guess? We're going to listen to this one for a second. Yeah. See the imagery
1: you can, yeah. So, negative 10's gone up,
2: yeah. It's always good to lower the expectations, you know. But that would be Mr. Jeff Anderson, That's absolutely.
1: From which movie? From
2: the last one he was in, yeah. That, but uh, that would um, the heart melter, yeah. That is that is an unreal moment for sure. It's pretty crazy that um. The Jeffy stuff, you know, we could go into that for days, but uh, um, there are certain people in your lives that uh, I think, you know, you have um, almost a seamless connection with. Um, And Jeffy was one of those people that you didn't even really have to speak. And my mom always said, you know, the best words are the ones not spoken. And I think for, you know, close friends, that's kind of the connection. So um jeffy will live on forever you know they say you live as long as only as long as the last person that will remember you so that's why we keep keep them in the conversation i love that
1: i love that how do you remember all these shane these quotes
2: um it's i've got this thing in my Special. ear and she's out in the, van <laughs> the telling me what to say <laughs> yeah. all
1: throughout everywhere you go yeah He's got a team uh, in the van like the, this. is a perfect time to queue up. And <laughs> she reads the
2: quote. Behind every great man, there's a smart woman in a van that's <laughs> talking into a microphone telling you what to say. So, okay, well, we good. are still in Name That Video part. Oh,
0: we yeah. Are. So, uh, this is song two. It's for the listeners. At this point, you guys know the drill. Uh, Shane, I know you might know this one, so don't say it if you do. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, thank you guys for playing. Thanks, Angus. (laughs) Thanks, Angus.
2: Coming up next, we've got Sapphire.
1: (laughs) So uh, I have a Patreon question for you, kind of along the lines of video, and this one is from uh, Sean Fitzpatrick. Knowing that every filmer... Has done this at least once in their life. What's the most important clip you've ever lost or accidentally deleted? Accidentally? Accidentally.
2: Oh, you know what? Um, Luckily, I could say that most of the important ones have worked out. But um, I've got to say, if I'm going to top of my head, Brandon Ruff hitting the Ruffinator.
1: Oh, no, that's a classic (laughs) I hear about.
2: I couldn't fucking believe it. It was like the Brighton. most legendary story at Brighton. Brandon Ruff flew off the Ruffinator and did that. You and, shot that and, and lost and, it. Well, no, we went back just to clear up the legend, and he stomped it again, but the it was so cold. I was up on the ridge, and I was shooting film, and when I went to put it all, it was in pieces. Oh, I remember it was just so cold like, it froze? No. The film, <laughs> the film the froze. The legend was repeated. <laughs> I mean... How crazy is that? It's like the legend is beyond belief, and then you go back and do it again, and the freaking film broke. So I'm going to go right there. Sorry, Brandon. I, that's, that's it. Twice. Yeah. Like
1: your mom said, uh, some shots are better left unseen. <laughs> or unspoken, unspo- she said, words. Well, the legend
0: is bigger if nobody's ever seen it. <laughs> yeah, and You true. can see it from the chairlift for those that are unfamiliar with Brighton. It's this like double cliff drop kind of cascading and it's just it just sticks out from you a couple of ridges over and um there's a rough in there you know you going yeah, up every crest, mountain has their local and, legends and you this know? is kind of that's the sh- the way you know that's the way it was supposed to happen i think
2: it's true
0: i didn't know that story about that that's
2: really yeah true. that that's the one that got away but there's always that one you you did for it everybody. twice so
1: i can't believe the film froze i didn't know that was a thing you know
2: well you know that's what happens sometimes i mean those film problems, you know, it, I've always compared it to um, filming. It's like painting in a dark room, you know. You don't really see what you're doing, but later when you turn the lights on, if it works out, you're really stoked. You're really you stoked, know? yeah. So just close your eyes and swing for the fences.
0: Most of the time it works out. Yeah. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take,
2: actually. So Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> so this is a Boston story. Brainstorm, uh, Mikey's part. Um, we filmed the the bar scenes in Boston, and um this you know i've t- 've shared this with a few people before, but um it 's interesting where we find um some of our um lessons from and i 've often found that um sometimes street people um deliver stuff that is way beyond you know and um we were there in Boston filming mikey 's brainstorm bar scene and we took a break and I was like, I'm going to go skating. And I remember, you know, you try to go get water, but there's only like Dunkin' Donuts everywhere. And, um, so I go up there and there's a, there's this bum and he's, and he's got a newspaper wrapped around his arm and he kind of looks like a bum version of like a Martin Scorsese. It was really weird. Like an old, like dapper bum. And I didn't have my skateboard. I'm looking at him like, what the hell go and get water and walk out. And he's like, you ever notice that people in your life that you connect with, you've been probably connected for lifetimes. And I was like, yeah, man, I think I do understand that. And he said, yeah. And then some people that you don't like, that you don't connect with, you've been enemies for lifetimes. And I said, yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. He said, you and me, we always been enemies. And he pulls out this razor blade, like nine-inch razor blade like this, and I had my skateboard below him, and I just knew that I could hit him in the throat faster than he could swing down. And I was like, Well, Rad, I see you, motherfucker, and I got you. And he just looked at me and he goes, Gentlemen, standoff. And we shook hands. <laughs> and I always remember what? thinking, What's really weird, though, is it was That's like it all, it all made sense, though. And I was uh-huh. like, Yeah, I see you for sure, man. But I've never forgot that. And I remember even leaving that situation thinking, what's weird, you know, because I do believe that part of this blessing of life is that we don't have to go around hurting people. We can communicate and deal with things beyond that, you know. People that are quick to be the Cro-Mag and the Neanderthal, boom, 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 boom. When has ever there been a beating that made you change your mind? Do you know what I mean? Have you ever really got beat up to the point where you're like, well, damn, you know what? I was wrong and that person's right, you know? It just doesn't happen. And and I think we need to remember those things, you know? And and it, it also thinks makes me think of you guys because our connections, you know, like how many lifetimes have we enjoyed this? And this time we get to go do this stupid thing called snowboarding all the time. <laughs> and we get to go do that and, you know, have, you know, snowboarding problems, you know? and And I think that is so amazing because... You know, we're at this stage where, you know, you're talking about the clicks or whatever. As long as people are passing on this amazing idea, then we're we're doing great. You know what I mean? It's it's that whole thing of um, it's like the like the people from India will talk about this is the samsara, the realm of suffering. So we're born to suffer. So if we're not suffering, and we're all dealing with something, but if we're helping each other to enjoy this, that is the best magic there is, you know? And that's, I shared with you that thing, um, the definition of kindness is sharing your strength instead of pointing out other people's weaknesses. I mean, come on. If we do that, each of us, and exponentially, we are going to have a society that is what we want to see, you know? And it's that simple. Show the world the world you want to see. And I think that that moment in Boston really will never go away because yes, we identify instantly the connection to someone. I don't know about that person or I like that person, you know, but it's how we direct it. It doesn't have to go to immediate boom, boom, boom. It can go to something else. Gentlemen standoff. We just learned something from each other. You know, <laughs> we don't like each other, but it doesn't mean we need to do this. And, and that's huge. You know, it's kind of, I'm um, like debating right now, how debating has been lost. And, and I, I still think that, you know, um, it doesn't matter what subject you're debating, but in old debates, the idea was you always had to do both sides. And in doing both sides, you learn from each other. And there's the old samurai thing that says the moment you can defeat your opponent is the moment you love them. And so the moment you love them, you don't want to defeat them. You want to help them. And I feel like this is that thing that, that I personally believe it's time to share these things. And we need, you know, we need more badasses like we need scared people with guns. You know, we don't need them.
0: Damn, Shane. Yeah. I love that. Words of wisdom. How do you, yeah. How do you destroy an enemy? Make him a friend. Same, same words, same, same quote, different words. But I love, I love talking about that stuff, especially with the current climate. Um, We, I talk about it all the time, but it's, it's definitely, you know, you see people, especially with politics and their opinions and, um, you know, the number one way to have, you know, empathy in any way is to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, right? You look at, like, their circumstances are different than yours. Their point of view is different than yours. I love the way, you know, it's going with politics and stuff like that. You see people from certain areas tend to have a certain political view, right? And I I realized at one point, I was like, if I lived there, I would think the exact same way those people think. If I was from where you're from, I would have the exact same flag flying behind my truck as you do. And, and in the same way that when you look at people from South Boston, they have a Boston accent. Why do they have a Boston accent? Cause they all live in the same area and they all talk like each other. What do people do? What, what is, what is all these beliefs and all these things? And it's, it's, you talk like the people around you, you're influenced by the people around you. And so in that same way, having empathy and compassion and being able to understand, okay, I understand why you think differently than I do. And that's okay. As opposed to you're wrong, burn you at the stake. And um, yeah, it kind of ties into what you're saying. So I love hearing that stuff.
2: Yeah, man, it's up to all of us. And once again, I think um, we should always include that, you know, in our conversations because snowboarding, skateboarding, surfing has saved so many lives, honestly. And I don't think I can say ever one time did I think about, I didn't care if you were a goth, if you were the nerd person playing Dungeons and Dragons. I just, like my vision as a kid, I wanted to know everybody. I wanted to know what they did. I didn't care if they knew me. I wanted to be like Casper the Friendly Ghost. And it's weird when we've gotten to the flip side of that where people are so focused to tell us about themselves, they're forgetting others, you know. And if we can remind each other how awesome these stories are and how this is all part of our story, our connection. Once again, you know, it's the, this is the magic. I mean, like we were saying, you can go snowboarding by yourself and it's fun, but when your friends link up, it's way more fun. There's guarantee. I mean, it's funny because I don't, um, promote, um, like when I go surfing because I think surfing is a very, um, spiritual thing. Um, or, beyond spiritual, it's just a different connection. You don't need to be showing everybody all the time you're doing it and whatever. But um I gotta say, when you link up with your friends, it's pretty amazing. And like I I think about my ex-girlfriend's um nephew when he was three. I had taken him out in Hawaii or something. And to date, um seeing the uncles and the aunties make room as we catch a wave with a little three-year-old on the surfboard that excitement probably trumps all of the most amazing moments I've had personally, you know? And, and I feel like those things, once you witness that, you're just, it's hard, it's hard to turn your back on that. So, you know, if we can keep sharing that and, and especially nowadays, kids just need to know this stuff, you know, like um, we've got such a breakdown in support for kids right now. And I don't mean for education or something traditional education, I mean, just saying, hey, you are somebody, you know, you are somebody, everyone, every single one is important to this story. And if people just have that more in their life, you know, it, it, it nothing's easy for anyone. But once we understand things, we can be helped, you know, we can find the, the reason. And I think a lot of times for Snowboarding, that has what, that's what I mean by it has saved so many lives because it gives you that reason. You know, it gives you that connection, and um, you, you just can't replace that. I mean, irreplaceable. It's what I said before. What is essential? You know, some people want to tell you what is essential, but when you know what is essential to you and it's based in the right place, you can do anything. You know, like Literally, when you're coming from the right place, you can talk about anything. Because it, it means something. This isn't, you know, trying to make money off of it. This is not to sell an image. This is literally direct contact with the source of being. Correct.
1: That's cool, man. People need to hear these words.
0: I'm inspired, dude. Yeah. Straight
1: up. You know, and uh, Shane's Instagram drops a lot of this knowledge from time to time, so people should check that out. Also, inspiring stuff, dude. I see you out there picking up trash. Helping oh yeah, with the environment. You know, that's actually like, that a, stuff is you know, so
2: cool. Let's talk about that for a sec. Um, so yeah, we started this thing called Clean Our Canyons a few years ago, and then uh, like Jared, um, you know Lexi Grimes, they've been doing the fishing for garbage, and those kinds of things started because, um, you know, you see all these people selling an image, we're we're whatever activists or whatever you want to call it. But what, what happens is you start getting these people that are not showing up to, to get their hands dirty. You know, they're promoting this thing where it's, hey, we're doing this, send us money. And unfortunately, there's those kind of Al Gore stories where it's like, are you just making money off of it and changing nothing? Or are you really doing something? And so I remember, um, have you guys ever, like, you know, the whole idea of making your bed. You know, make your bed in the morning. Because no matter what happens in the day, you will return to a made bed. It's the first step of completing, you know, your tasks of the day. And so this is the beginning of something that, like I'm saying, if we are trying to save the world, but we can't keep our home clean, what the hell, man? You know, what? What that's once again expectations versus gratitude. So us showing our gratitude by cleaning up our home is the beginning that brings people together. And then in those moments, you find... People that are coming up with ideas and talking and meeting. And this is another subject I like to talk about is the right now in the world, no matter what technology is invented, nothing can replace human connection. Absolutely nothing. And so when we do these things, instead of like, this is our group, this is our thing now, like we save the world now. Cool. You fucking assholes. It's like, (laughs) this is all of our shit. If you are living and breathing and you care about something, you're part of it. You know, like, we all make garbage. There is not one person that could be like, I don't I don't even do that. Yeah. It's like, no, you all make garbage. So th- you can be there, inspire. And we do these things, you know, and it's harder nowadays, so it's more inspiring the individuals to do it and then maybe promote it, you know, whatever, on your own pages, however you want to do that, or don't do it at all. But the idea is you can go hiking. You can have a bag, you know, if you need to. You can bring ba- um You know, the little tongs that pick stuff up or, you know, bring some gloves or something. But either way, the idea is to incorporate that into your thought process. Because the more you do it, like we go up Little Cottonwood or Big Cottonwood and you see these high school kids and they're going, what are you doing? Because they think of this, uh, you only clean up when you have to, when you're in trouble, like community Mm -hmm. service. But when you show that we're not in trouble, we're actually caring. You know, when people say, I don't care, I don't care. Well, that's a, that's a, that's just like trying to get away from, that's deflecting away from responsibility because it's actually rad to care. And what started the whole cleanup thing was, you know, we had um, the OR show. Every one of those companies came and promoted Utah, our canyons. And then they said, oh, the governor is not doing whatever we want them to do. So we're out of here. Which one of those companies did a cleanup to say, hey, we want to do something to give back. And maybe they did it, but I don't know. Who they are. Yeah. But it's still the beginning. You Like you, when people expect a complex issue to be solved by people going up to the Capitol building. Yeah. Right. If they can't clean up their backyard, you expect them to do that, get all the way to the Capitol Hill and do all this. I mean, come on. And if we only rely on votes, that only happens every few years. Yeah. I mean, that's a really tough thing. And so, You know, once again, I think it's important now um, for people, if they do care, if your organization is saying, hey, we're this and that, instead of fighting, oh, no, 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 we're not trying to be like that or we're not trying to uh, just promote ourselves, then make a comprehensive sheet and show what each individual is doing. You know, How how much garbage have they helped to redirect or what program are they directly involved with, you know? And I feel like we need this stuff right now because leading by example has never been more important, you know, and that's, it's great what you guys are doing because developing conversations is a part of it, you know, and that open-mindedness, when we were talking about the open-mindedness, I had a teacher in high school, he was from South Africa, his name was Anosike, and honestly, I don't remember barely anything from his class, and it's even funnier because he came in the first day and he said, I'm Anosike, if you remember one thing in this class, remember, K-Y-M-O, keep your mind open. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I like this guy. Of course, you know, everything else is irrelevant from that <laughs> class. But that's, a, that's an important message. But he left us with the best message to date because he's like, you're constantly pulling your head out of a straw hole, you know. Each time you're in one, you pull your head, and it's like, wow, look at this. And then, boom, wow, look at this. And it's just, if you're constantly trying to evolve, you will see that, you know? And it's always impossible to fit back into that straw hole. So if we can do the same and and pass that on, you know, it's, I feel like we are fulfilling that role, um, you know, in a good way, you know? I mean, obviously people are going to do whatever they're going to do, but, um, the connection of what we've been focusing on for so long, having fun. Flying.
0: I'm giving you a damn air horn for that. That was beautiful. (laughs) And just to kind of tie into that too, just a loving what I'm hearing. I'm like inspired. It's such a simple, actionable thing too. It's like you can post on your Instagram, do, I mean, do whatever you want to do to promote what you want to promote. But a very simple actionable thing is, Oh, I'm going to pick up some trash easy. And it's not like it makes an impact and anybody can do it. And it's, it's beautiful. And then uh, going back to what you said about, you know, basically open-mindedness, right? It, well, if you look at the, what's the opposite of open-mindedness? It's closed-mindedness. What does closed-mindedness come from? I know the answer. I'm right. I'm not going to change because I already know that I'm right. I'm correct. I'm, you know, what, and what, what is I am correct? That's ego. That's li- simply, it's just your ego. I already know. I know I'm right. So I, I'm not going to listen to you because my ego is so fucking big that I can't hear a word you're saying. So I love hearing, like, that open-mindedness is so, is so key to all the right changes that need to be made.
2: You know, um, you remind me, I, you know, the endless thoughts that flood through our head when we're building jumps and hiking and mountains and stuff. And um, I had one literally about that, how it's like, man, I think I've been surrounded by know-it-alls most of my life. <laughs> People just constantly telling you what, whatever it is, doesn't matter. But then it hit me. They're, all say, they're all, always saying the same thing. They always say the same thing. It's their limits. These know-it-alls are, this is what we know has been done up till now. And thank you. Thank you for showing us the limits. We're just going to see what's around the corner, you know? And I think that's all of our job of learning tricks, of discovering new places to shred. It it is a connection of that mentality of, cool, oh, so everything's been done in Salt Lake? When was that statement said? You know? (laughs) Literally, like, when was that statement said? Everything's been done in Salt Lake. Every year, because I actually right? do know when that was, <laughs> and that was a long time ago. <laughs> it's like the end of the nineties was that yeah. was said, and how many new things have happened in Salt Lake since then? It's the summer of sixty nine pr- pr- principle, you know. The summer of sixty nine principle will always want to redirect it to it was better than it was. Yep. The the limits, the limits, you know, and and I think that in, that endless inspiration is. The search for the questions because everyone th- with the answers, they're so final. They're so sure of it. But it, the people coming up with the questions, oh, damn, motherfucker just came up with another question. Now we got to explore that. You know, just when we had the whole thing, the lid on top of everything, and we got another question. Damn it. You know? And so I think for all of us, it's just that if we can keep inspiring through our questioning. And, you know, like even confidence, I always laugh about what, you know, people it's confidence and it's like, is it confidence? Because I know a lot of people and, you know, you witness a lot of fake confidence. And for example, I remember um, I grew up going down, you know, rapids on canoes, kayaks, floaties, whatever. And I remember this time being out there in Colorado, everyone's having fun and there's a guy there that's going, oh, oh dog, I should be the one driving. Like, I'm the shit. I'm, I'm kind of the guy. Like, I should be the captain. All right, cool. We'll sit back here and we'll just, you know, he just do the thing. And so he gets in there and we just start spinning and bouncing and he's panicking. Oh, shit, dog, this is hard. And it was like, all right, then get the fuck out of the way and we'll go back to enjoying ourselves, you know? And that kind of false confidence happens all around. But I think that goes back to this thing right now that um, if you're really wanting to make a difference, you know, stop worrying about being wrong. Stop worrying about being vulnerable. You know, when I had cancer and I talk about it, it's like I went and cried like a baby up on a hill above the hospital, literally, until that same voice that is saving me in the mountains of the ocean, it's like, just stop for a second and start thinking and just and do this. And I feel like the more we can help each other, you know, there there's such a – there's a lot of stress for all of us right now in the world. And the more we can help each other, just remind that there is possible ways of dealing with it in a positive way, you know, and making things better because, because we are not afraid to be wrong or not afraid to be vulnerable, you know? And what do we lose out of it? I mean, look at how people are in the world. I always say people walk and drive like they are like their mentality. And it's like, you've got people that are ready to kill each other because somebody cut them off on the way to the stop sign or the red light. What the hell? You know, think about that. It's like they say, if you fight for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And it's the truth. You know, it's so the more the reactions take over, the less, you know, the, the spirit is really free. It's, it's trapped to these things that are connecting you to paths that are only going a shitty way. You know, like there's, I, I just literally, you know, that, that saying that says, um, fighting for freedom is like fucking for virginity. Well, that shit is no joke, man. You know, (laughs) think about it. It's like, it just doesn't happen. And I was going to say one of the coolest things ever was, um, going to Bali with DCP and mods. And, um, I always remember this because in Bali they're Hindu, you know, and, Simplest thing in the world. I remember getting there; they didn't know who we were there to meet or with. And we're surfing, and these young guys are like, "Hey, man, good wave." And I'm thinking, like, are you guys fucking with me? Is this like Hawaii or something? You're just fucking with the <laughs> Hali guy. And then you know another wave, and it's like good wave. And I'm like, you guys fucking with me? And they're like, oh no no no, it's just the golden rule. Like, you want to see a good day, show a good day. You know, if you want to see a fight, bring a fight. And I was like, oh my god. You guys are the fucking shit. I mean, <laughs> like, literally, I said it out loud. You guys are so awesome. And, I mean, they had no idea who we were connected with, nothing. Just so positive, showing the day they want to see. The simplest thing on the planet. And that changed my life. It was just like, oh, my God. And believe me, I still get frustrated, but that's when you have the, the demon of expectation growing, you know, and it's like, settle down, you know. How many times have I been wrong because of expectations growing? It's insane. But once again, it's that constant process of reminding yourself to stop being afraid of being wrong. Stop being afraid of being vulnerable. You know, be on the vibration that you want to see. It's just that simple, you know. And I know you guys already know it because you live in the same kind of scenario, so... It's, you know, when people are wondering, how does it work? It's just, it's really based in that vibration. Absolutely.
0: Dude, I feel like a sponge just wanting to absorb <laughs> all this intel. And the well, you goes, already goes, know it. No, you, no, you, it's yeah. good reminders, though, because there's so much information that we ingest every day. Well,
2: like, uh, Okay, on a skater tip, I was at Sandy one day, and I'm just skating around, and I'm thinking, like, oh, man, I love, the you know, when you get into the circle where you're just flowing – and then this little kid cuts me off and I'm going towards the one rail and I'm like, oh, you little fucker. And then I hit the rail, I totally stop, eat shit onto my back. And I'm just laying there like, I know why that happened. Because my thoughts were totally not, mm-hmm. you know, you're in these thoughts of like, I love this trick. I love this trick. Uh, oh, this is so good. Oh, fucker, little fucker. And then, <laughs> and then you eat shit. It's instant. It's, it's funny how that stuff, it's like karma. It doesn't matter if you believe in it. It believes in you you know, and for every one that's of us, true. it's absolutely true. <laughs> it
1: doesn't matter if you believe in it, it, believes in you. I like that.
2: Oh man.
0: And and also too, like, it's not like we know all these things, right? We know all these profound things you're saying and we can talk about them. But the other day, we're going to fuck up. We're going to flip people off or something when we're driving and not, you know, we know the tools. We know the thing we're humans. We're going to fuck up. We're going to do the things that we know are not the right thing to do, but that's Okay. And that, that's also part of it, too, is that nobody's perfect. You never get there. You're never sitting on top of this, like, in a zen chair, and you're like, finally, I figured it all out. I'm calm. It's like, no, you're going to continually fuck up and just realize that you're just trying to get incrementally maybe a little bit better.
2: It's so funny when you say that, because I literally will have moments, you know, if you ever have the chance, drive up and down the coast of California, Oregon, you could stumble blindly into the most amazing cove you've ever seen this one time I've driven through this area so many times. I've never seen waves and I just see these gorgeous, amazing waves. And I went and surfed the solo spot, just profound. And I got out and I remember it's like looking at it. I'm so like, sometimes after surfing, I'll be so high. It's like, I almost have to go for a run to just decompress. Hmm. But I was sitting there looking at, it, I'm just like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Ocean. That was so awesome. That all of a sudden it was like, I could see yoga of just like, I see you. I bow down to you. I like everything just happening. Just like, oh my God, I'm just flowing in this moment. And then, you know, you get in the vehicle like, and then instantly someone cuts you out. And it's like, I should fucking run that person <laughs> off the road. You know? <laughs> it's like, damn it. It was so close. So close to being there. And Achieving and, eternal. Yeah. The bliss, like I almost just vaporized <laughs> and then they cut me off and and, uh, and then you're just like, God, the, none of us, again. yeah, none of us is exempt from fucking up. It's never too late to fuck up. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. For the sake of time, we're kind of getting up there, but is there any uh, other stories you'd like to get into before we wrap this thing up?
2: Yeah. I mean, the stories are endless. Honestly, between the three of us, we could probably talk for weeks. And um, but there are a few that I think are just worth the time because you know I try to think about funny things. But um, one of the funny things is, uh, Ethan, do you remember when the catalog or something you needed a photo of Marco? So you got a photo of me and then turned it around so it looked like it was Goofy photos. <laughs> and it was in the tech 9 catalog. Shane Shane has a
1: sick powder slash. Uh, Agree. Probably a lot better than Marco's. <laughs>
0: I don't know about that. And he's regular foot. (laughs) Marco's goofy. Well,
1: I mean, maybe it's just the natural, like, as in the the surf turn and putting up snow. Stunt double. Uh, Yes. I needed a shot of Marco for Tech (laughs) 9. And uh, shooting with Shane up in the gold, Shane always just rips turns, I mean, as much as he can. And, uh, yeah, Guilty
2: is charged on that one. (laughs) We used a shot of Shane.
1: Stunt doubling for uh, Tech 9 ad Marco of Mark Frank. I'll have to dig that up.
2: That's pretty funny. That's a good time right
1: there. The other other
2: thing I was going to mention is in regards to like avalanche awareness, um, it's good to bring up that moment we had together when you had first. Sunshine bowl, right? Yep. Right. Literally right next to the ruffinator. And um, I mean, I think that it's a good thing to bring up because people, I think, usually picture a big mountain, something really gnarly. That's going to be the avalanche that gets you, you know? And that I mean that run is what two, three hundred feet long right there, that little yeah. cliff band. And the whole idea is I was gonna jump off the cornice and then hit the cliff next to the roughinator. And the moment I landed, everything just broke right there. And to what the I ground, remember pretty much Yeah, to the ground. Yeah. And but what I remember is um thinking about how um you know time shuts down in those situations. But I always remember someone saying, if you can Lay against the mountain. You know, lay against and point your board so at least you're getting spit with it, you know? And the moment you go head over heels, and who knows what trouble. you're going to land on, yeah. you know? And that moment will always um, stick out because I remember just going, getting just flushed over those cliffs, thinking, oh my God, if I land on those rocks or whatever, how what's going to happen? And then just getting spit out towards you and I think we just hugged and it was just like, <laughs> what the fuck was that? But it could have been the end. And, uh, it could and, have been
1: gnarly. It was yeah. scary. I got a sequence of it. I think I had just started shooting photos. Yeah. I always point that out to people too and mention that. And people are always surprised that it slides. And it's like, there's a reason there's no trees right here.
2: Yeah. And it's good to bring that up because very accessible. You wouldn't even spot. think of it because you're thinking the big thing is going to be the sketch. Yeah. But it's those little pockets sometimes that could. Really ruined the day. Yeah, good for lesson sure. for us, I think, back
1: way back then. So yeah, so I think that's worth smarter.
2: mentioning to people because it's it's surprising what what could happen in in just the way that terrain flushes. Flushes yeah. out.
1: You've seen some shit in your day, man, all those days filming and shredding and
2: Well there's some uh, I'd try not to even talk about, but uh <laughs> but for real, I mean, you know, the the world of nature is just unreal, mm-hmm. and I think so much of it comes down to us um, being filled with gratitude with it, but also being prepared to do crazy shit, you know, like science fiction stuff if you need to do it. I mean, that's sometimes the case, and I think there's no joke that um, you want to help people to have a good time, but people have to be honest with themselves. Are they really ready, you know, like am I ready for this? If the shit goes down, are you prepared to point it to terminal velocity? If you mm-hmm. need to, whatever, you know? And I feel like, uh, it's just really good to, to talk about that stuff. Cause some people it's easy to be like, I've seen the videos. I'm going to, I could do that. You know, it's like the, when we went to Indo and they're, you know, on the huge waves, they're just like, all you got to do is bend your knees and point where you want to go. You're good. And it's like, <laughs> really? That's like me telling you how to hit a 100-foot jump. Just bend your knees and look where you want to go, and you're good, you know? But it's funny how uh, I think that the the mountains are never um, getting mellower, you know what I mean? If you think they are, then you need to, you know, check yourself, for mm-hmm. sure. Reassess. Because <laughs> I always think that, you know, like Alaska, what it teaches you People show up that expectation versus gratitude thing when it's like, yo, we're here from this, you know, we need to be here for 10 days. It needs to be good. It's not cooperating with their plans, you know, and it's like, I mean, it's going to do what it's going to do. And you'll appreciate if you get a moment, but I compare it to, it's like a girl, the most beautiful girl you could ever imagine at the bar. Are you going to walk up to her and really just throw it out there? You know, this is what I'm expecting from this is this, is that really what how you're going to go about it <laughs> you know or are you going to develop some some time some something you know to build that relationship and then you know see where it goes but i think that's huge to bring up with the mountains cuz that bright moment always is you know people go by that and it's like you wouldn't even think of it mm. but it could totally destroy it's it's unreal so that's just something i want to bring up that's but uh, um um <laughs> This is a funny one that I didn't want to um, skip by, but um, Ethan, you remember um, when we uh, went to Monte Cristo? <laughs> <laughs> what's <that? laughs> so um, so? This is the idea. Is back in the day um, when we were doing kingpin stuff. Is this uh, the
1: J? We were out there with twos.
2: Um, well, this is what's funny <laughs> is um, back in the day when we were doing kingpin, and you guys had first started Tech Nine. I remember you'd hit me up, you know, we'd talk all the time, and you'd like, where'd you go today? And then this one day, um, I had gone with Seth and Tues and Ali maybe to a place. These snowmobilers were like, oh, man, you should go to the – it's so good. It's Monte Cristo. And we went all the way up there. It's completely flat, completely shitty. I mean, super fun, I'm sure. If you're a snowmobiler, you want to go fast, but it was so crappy for snowboarding. And we came back, and you are like, oh – Where'd you go, dog? And I was like, oh, man, you don't want to go where we went. And you're like, come on, dog. I won't. We're not We're not going to go there. And I was like, all right, I'm going to tell you, but don't go there. And you're like, all right. I was like, Monte Cristo. And you're like, oh, cool. And then a few days later, you're like, dude, that place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went up
1: there with twos. Yeah. I remember it being all flat. Yeah. <laughs> it's so flat, dude. It's just <laughs> horrible. the
2: flattest. But it is really funny when, when <laughs> how those things happen, you know. No, seriously, they you're you don't want to go holding out on some gem, like, dude, what? These dude, Shalabas always got no, gems. No, seriously, <laughs> you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. You, I know, you really he's, don't want to go there. He's
1: always holding gems, but he is always honest to a fault as well. <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
2: really good don't baiting. Go so, um, this other thing I was going to talk about is just, um, you know, nowadays I feel like snowboarding has definitely gotten into a you know, a stage of people being more serious. You've got people, you know, rightly so, working out all the time, training, you know, doing these things. And it's funny how where snowboarding has evolved from, you know, because there's stories, you know, that um, back in the day that are just so out of control, you know, renting cars like Hostinik did with those guys, launching them, you know, in San Francisco off the hills and stuff. And so I was thinking about just – It's funny um, because you don't want to throw people under the bus or anything, but it's just, like, the root of how immature snowboarding really is. And I was thinking about how funny that is because there's certain levels of it. You know, everything's super PC these days, and, you know, we're trying to find these balances in people's perspectives. But then it's like, yeah, but you've just got people just completely – losing their minds on these trips. <laughs> and I, I was going to ask you guys about ones, and then I was, it made me laugh to think about how stupid we really are. And it, it's just amazing because um, when I look back there, we were on this Burton trip one time, and we were staying at a house, like this, this mansion in Tahoe, and the guy's mom had a mistress. And um, so it was really interesting combination there. And um, the guy we were with that was a team manager hooked up with the mistress. And so it was really funny because this is totally um, not to be sexist or anything stupid. This is just talking about how genuinely immature everyone is. Um, In the morning, the team manager is like, oh, you know, she's really hot. She's from France or whatever. Um, But she's got like two-inch nipples. They're like the biggest nipples I've ever seen. And so, of course, we're a little kid like – you know, teenagers at this point going, oh, my God, two-inch nipples, you know, just cracking up, and she walks in the room, and she's like, um, excuse me, and I won't say his name, but she's like, excuse me, excuse, what is a, a two-inch Nepal? And we're all like, oh, man, um two-inch Nepal is kind of like when we're having a good time, we just sometimes just go, two-inch Nepal. <laughs> And so, you know, a bunch of just dumbass snowboarders trying to get out of the most awkward moment ever. And so it's like, yeah, no, when we were having a good time, we just say two-inch Nepal. And so the whole weekend that we're there, she'd be like, guys, guys, two-inch Nepal. (laughs) And and we're just like, yeah, two-inch Nepal, man. Oh, my gosh. we literally left that place. I remember driving it. She's like, 2 inch Nepal." <laughs> it was like two inch Nepal forever, man. Straight out of the movies. Yeah, dude. it it means we're having a great time. You know? So,
0: oh man, to. <laughs> on that note, I think we might straight have to wrap out. it up, Shane.
2: That is a straight up banger. <laughs> There's just it's just endless to be honest. Two but the whole point is, I hope that one day um, we're all as stoked as you know the people we want to be, you know, and that, that, that's what's going to end this with is we were once in New Zealand and New Zealand, you know, is amazing with snow, but if it doesn't have snow. It's the best surf trip ever. And so we'd gone to the most random place ever. We out of the blue meet an old man named Jim from Molokai, total white guy that speaks pigeon and he's singing to the ocean. It's absolutely flat. And we're like, this is a madman. He's insane. He's just singing. He's out there. He's just paddling around. And then like a movie, a monster wave just comes to this guy, and he just surfs like this whole bay. (laughs) And we're like, what? Jim from Molokai. And he comes back, and he's just like, oh, it's so nice. And he's just singing, and so happy. And the guy's like 68 years old, retired guy from Molokai. And to the date, if we can be as stoked as Jim from Molokai when we're 68, We have won. And that whole winning thing, it's like, don't call it before the game's over, man. Mm -hmm. Because the game, is as long as you want it to be, or as long as you keep saying thanks, you know. But if we're as stoked as Jim from Molokai at 68, I think we're doing good. Hell yeah. Give Jim an air horn. (laughs) That's right. Well, Well, we want to say thank you guys for watching. I want to thank you guys. Thank you for providing a platform for all these conversations. And I want to say thank you to my family, to my friends. I mean, without them, th- there's nothing. And thank you to all the sponsors that have helped us for all these years, had faith in us to come through and do this stuff. Thank you, snowboarding. I mean, snowboarding saved my life for sure. And uh, I think that I cannot say thank you enough to the planet. I mean, this is the my favorite planet that I can remember, you know. And, uh, <laughs> It's a uh, it's that kind of thing though, the the endless thanks that makes me want to keep exploring, you know, seeing what's around the next corner and I'm just so endlessly thankful and thankful for the people that have helped me. If I can ever give back as much as they've given me, I mean I would feel accomplished. And uh I just feel like those thanks. Thank you to Whitey for with the Kingpin years, that was insane. Thank you to Justin and Brucey with absinthe. I mean, all of this time has helped me um, evolve from that snowboarding kid of check me out to let me help these guys and let's show you them and I feel like that has I will always be thankful for that and learning that from whitey and learning that through absinthe um, helping others it's that next phase after you've achieved this it's it's just inevitable yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to just say you know this this endless um, conversation. We can go on forever. And I'm so thankful that it exists. And thanks again for doing all this stuff. May we all find the harmony in this crazy life we're living and living together. And may we find what we're looking for. So as much as we can say, thanks, let's never stop. Well said. Let me say one more thing before we leave. I, I thought about this the other day, um, because we, um, we didn't really get into a lot of details with Kingpin and Absinthe. And, um, one thing I wanted to bring up was when I first started with absinthe was 2004, the pop year. And, um, that year I remember, um, Jamie Pierre, one of the raddest guys ever. Um, he had always said, why doesn't the snowboarder hit Chad's gap? And I just remember thinking, no matter what this year we got, we just got to do that, you know? And, uh, so when we did that and, you know, the whole Chad's gap thing was just such a mega moment In snowboarding. It was that moment in snowboarding where, similar to Igmar's backside air, you just knew things had changed. And I remember at that time thinking, damn, what little kids are going to watch this and then grow up with this, you know? And last year when Sage went back and hit this, I remember um, he had said, you know, I was that little kid at the pop premiere in Salt Lake. He was that kid. And then he grew up and destroyed it. And I just, that to me was, it was like, this is the coolest ever. And uh, I just, I feel like there's so many cool stories that we could get into, but that thing I just felt was just amazing. He was the little kid that was influenced and then came back and dominated. So right on stage. Well said, Jane. It's been an absolute <laughs>
0: pleasure chatting with you. We're going to take it away. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you guys for watching and tuning in and uh yeah we got another one coming at you next wednesday over and out from the bomb hole okay thank you guys so much for listening we really appreciate your guys' support if you want to continue to support head on over to bombhole.com where you can find a link to our store we got all kinds of goods on there shirts hoodies etc as well as our link to our patreon So if you want to support us in that way, head on over to bombhole.com. Thank you guys again for sharing the episode each and every week. We see you out there doing it and we appreciate you. And that's it for this week. we got another episode coming at you next Wednesday. We will see you then. Peace.